everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. I'm so glad you're here. Happy Friday. Today's going to be a fun one. It's actually a topic I've wanted to talk about for quite a while because maybe it's just because I'm an Enneagram 3, but me and success have this love-hate relationship. And so I've got the queen with us today, Madison Anaya. She's the founder of The Fearless Chase, and she's just going to talk to us about her journey and her story and success and just what that has looked like for her. Um, I know you're going to love her. She's going to be your new BFF, so I cannot wait to dive in. Madison, for those who don't know you, would you just introduce yourself real quick? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yes, I am the founder of Fearless Chase, which is a lifestyle brand centered around intentional living. We do events and we have a podcast and our most recent addition is now our shop, which has different things from apparel to home to journals, anything that you can fill your physical space to remind you to build a life based off of your own definition of success. So I'm excited that that's what we're digging into today. I love that so much. I'm excited to talk about this because I've just been watching you and your journey and how you've just kind of come to this place of redefining what success looks like to you and just loving your life and taking the pressure off of yourself because you are a business owner and you've been on this journey for a while and you know all the things that can come with that, like especially as an entrepreneur, the burnout and the stress and the the pressure we put on ourselves even, um, mixing in like this idea of success, like what even is that? How do we define that? Um, would you just tell us a little bit about your story and how you've come to understand success and what it looks like for you personally? Yeah. So I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Houston, which I would say is like as stereotypical of the suburbs as you can get. Like really all there is to do out here on the weekend is go to Target, go to Chick-fil-A, go to Starbucks, which like, don't get me wrong. That's a powerful trio, but it's like, that's kind of it. And it's like, that should be like the addition to whatever else you're doing. And that's where I grew up. It's where I live now. I'm like itching to get out and have some more adventure right now. But when I grew up in this kind of space, what I saw is represented as like success was you get a nice two-story house in a nice neighborhood, you get a pool, you get a boat, you probably have a husband who has a really good paying job, and then you're probably like a teacher or a stay-at-home mom or a baseball mom, and like that's kind of it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just that's the only idea that was really presented to me when I was growing up. So I didn't do a lot of traveling growing up. I actually didn't even really start traveling until I was in my 20s and I still haven't even done a whole lot of traveling, but just talking to different people who lived in different places and listening to podcast interviews of people from different places, I realized that like, oh, wow, people in New York, like they get married, like stereotypically, right? Like they're getting married a lot later and having kids a lot later. Some of them don't ever even want to have kids. Like I didn't realize that that was like, an option and not that it wasn't like available to me or it wasn't an option necessarily. It just wasn't like in my space considered successful. Whereas over there it is like that is success to them. And so it really started to get my mind thinking plus tack in a classic quarter life crisis when I turned 25 and I'm starting to like really question everything about myself and my life. And why do I think this way? And you know, I have been with my husband since we were 14 years old. We got married at 21. We bought a house at 21, which in Texas is like the definition of success, right? Like you're on the path, you're, you're doing the thing. And then I was going to school. I got my associate's degree and I was going for my bachelor's and I was paying for it myself. And 
I realized along the way that I didn't want to do that. And I think that was my first kind of step out of like this path that was taught to me to be like, you go to school, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids, blah, blah, blah. That was kind of my first step out of it. And so that, that was the very beginning. But then this quarter life crisis at 25, I'm having all these conversations with my husband who we've basically grown up together and have had to continually um, change our thoughts and, and change our views and do it in a way that is still together, which is very hard, <laughs> right? Like when you're already trying to figure out who you are, but now you're doing that with another person as well. And I just remember like asking myself, why do I think this way about faith? Or why do I think this way about the world or about politics or about whatever? And so it kind of led me down this path of, am I doing something right now that's working towards what I think is cool and impressive and successful or what someone else would think? Because when I was going to school, the only reason I didn't drop out, I'm putting that in like air quotes because technically I I had dropped out going for my bachelor's, but not necessarily, I had gotten my associates. But the only reason I even put it off in the first place was because I didn't want my friend's parents to be disappointed in me because they drilled it into us so often that like, if you want to get a good job, if you want to be successful, you have to go to school. You have to go to school. That's successful. If you get into a good school, that's successful. Like to them, education is very, very important. In my family, personally, neither of my parents went to college. So like, <laughs> it was really interesting that I just really wanted to make someone else proud. I wanted to hear from other adults or other people who I looked up to to say, I'm so proud of you. You're such a responsible kid. You're so like, I craved that sort of attention. And I think when you get to your mid twenties and you're like, why am I still craving that? I shouldn't need that approval. I want my own approval. I want to learn how to love myself. And I don't even really know who that is because I've spent so much time trying to make other people proud of me or trying to make other people um, say really great things about me, but I can't necessarily say them for myself because while I do think education is important, it's not necessarily my version of like, Oh, that's so amazing. Like if my best friend went to a, just got accepted into a really cool school and that's so cool for her. And it's like, just made her whole life. I'm like, amazing. I'm so happy that you think that's cool. Or like, I had a friend who just, um, went and hung out with Richard Branson on his private Island. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool for you. Like, you know what I mean? But that's not what, if I were to list out all the things that I think are like the coolest thing in the whole world, that's not necessarily making my list, but because it's what she thinks is cool and successful. I'm like, I'm happy for you that, that you're doing something that you feel like is amazing to you. And I'm just in this journey now of trying to have more conversations with people to get them thinking of like, what is that for you? What does success look like to you? What does impressing your own self mean? Um, and I think that it's, it's not something you can just do overnight, you know? <laughs> Definitely. And I, I love everything that you said. And it's so interesting. I've had a similar experience the past few years, this quarter life crisis idea, but like, really, I feel like in your twenties, especially late twenties, you just get to this point where you're like, whoa, what have I been running after? Like, what have I actually been pursuing? Because at the end of the day, like if I'm working to make other people proud or doing what I feel like I should be doing, then it's just really not fulfilling. It's empty. It feels like you're just running on a treadmill. It's so exhausting. And then you don't really get anywhere that you want to go. And I feel like so much of that for me personally was just not getting real with myself about, like you said, like, what does it look like for me? 
these people, yeah, like do, do what's going to be successful for you. But my successful doesn't have to look like that. It doesn't have to look like everybody else. I feel like, especially in the entrepreneur world, or I mean, honestly, just as a woman, it's so easy to look at someone who's doing some, something similar to you and say, okay, even based on that, like, okay, if she has similar interests or a similar career or similar, you know, like even in motherhood or whatever, it's like, okay, well, if she's doing it this way and that's successful, then maybe I should be doing the same thing. But even that can be so different from person to person. I think we just get so hung up on that sometimes when we aren't able to just be still and ask ourselves, okay, what does this look like for me? Because if I'm chasing what other people expect of me or what other people are doing or comparing myself, whatever, like I'm never going to end up anywhere good. And it's going to feel really empty and disappointing no matter where I go, you know? Yeah. Well, so when I very first started in business, I was absolutely chasing after someone else's definition of success. And I never felt like I was hitting success. I felt like I was constantly like feeling comparison and feeling not good enough and feeling all of these just really negative feelings. And the truth is, is because I was trying to fit someone else's life. I was literally saying like, oh, you look like you have a cool, fun, exciting life. You're showing me that this is what success means to you. And so I'm going to try to do all of those things because I want the happiness that you have, or I want the joy that you have, or I want the confidence that you have. But the truth is that those things come because they realized what was important to them and they stayed true to that. You know, a lot of times when we're talking about comparison, you hear a lot of people say like, you have to put your blinders on and stay in your own lane. I have not fully grasped what that meant until probably this year. Honestly, it has taken me 27 years to figure out what that really means because I thought it meant like, okay, we're still all still going for the same thing of success. And let's just use money as an example because I think that's a pretty standard one that everyone feels. And that's not always going to translate to everyone. Like if your version of success is to be a stay-at-home mom, like making money as a stay-at-home mom, that's not like a factor. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like a measurement to hold to yourself because that's not something that's in that realm. So anyways, so I would, let's look at money, right? I would think, okay, we're all still working towards 10K months or 5K months, whatever the number is that all of the marketers are like telling you that month that is impressive. And I would hear stay in your own lane and I would think, okay, just like be, be true to your personality and that's it. And I'm like, whoa, it's way deeper than that because I tried that for I two, three years, two, three years of basically like trying to fit into someone else's cool girl club. And not that I ever felt like, I, I like to explain it like this. Like I never felt like I fit in, but I felt like I belonged in the sense that a lot of the people that I was meeting and making friends with, they were very nice to me. They were very friendly to me. They included me in things, but I never fit in. I didn't see things the way they did. You mentioned you're an Enneagram three. A lot of people in business are an Enneagram three. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, you know what that means. I'm an Enneagram seven and they're almost wired completely different than threes. And so I would be listening to a lot of people who were Enneagram threes and their advice on how to do business and how to stay focused and how to work really hard and how to do all of these things. And it would go fully against everything that's natural in me. It would make me feel like there's something wrong with me because I can't sit down for eight hours straight and, and work. I, there's something wrong with me because I'm not a workaholic. There's something wrong with me because I don't care as much as they do about this specific thing. 
But at the same time, then they would say like, no, but I just love that you're so like free spirited. I love that you're like genuine to yourself, even if that means pivoting a million times. Like they would say these nice things about me. I'm like, that's awesome. But like, it's still not like looking like you. And that must mean that something's wrong with me. That must mean that I'm broken. It must mean I'm weak. It must mean I'm not cut out for this. And I realized, okay, well, that's, that can't be the case because I don't think God would put these dreams on my heart just to tease me or just to be like, okay, well, you're going to have to completely change everything about who you are and how you're wired. And like, I believe that the gifts and talents and the way that I'm wired, like should be looked at as a positive, but because we have this like standard definition of success where you get a good job, you work hard, you go in early, you stay late. Like that's the standard that people have painted as success that no, there's no room for any other interpretation of that word. Um, but I think that the people who inspire me the most are the people who define it for themselves and really have the confidence to still do that because they're, it it is so hard. Like, it's such a beautiful thing to say like, oh yeah, I've like defined what success means for my life. It's a whole other thing to hold on to that when people are asking you what you're doing in your life, when people are like asking questions and you're in a room full of people who are maybe in that version of success that you used to try to force yourself to want. And that is what they genuinely want, but you're feeling insecure because you're like, what if this isn't good enough? Or what if this isn't uh, impressive enough to them? And you just have to remember, it's not about impressing other people. I think that you're able to serve people better when you are focusing on serving and rather than impressing. And the only way you can do that is by being very genuine to yourself, by being in alignment with, how you were created. Um, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. I just love all of that. And I can really relate to that a lot. Um, I'm curious though, like when you talk about this idea of figuring out what success means to you, what did that process look like? Like, how did you, did you actually like sit down and write it out or what would you recommend for somebody who wants to do that practically? Yeah. So practically that, that can look like a lot of different things. I am someone who I like to journal, but I also love to process things while I'm moving because sometimes the idea of just sitting can feel really overwhelming with a big idea like that, or you're, you're, you put so much pressure on like, okay, I have to figure this all out. And so I go on when it's not like a million degrees outside here in Houston, Texas, we go on nightly walks around the neighborhood and we talk about our day. We talk about the things that are stressing us out. And the biggest thing that we've done since we very first got married five and a half years ago is we always talk about our dreams. Where do we want to go in life? What's cool to us? What's, what do we want for our life? And I think that like, when it comes to success, that's really it. Like when you're defining what success means, it's like, what does your dream day look like? Like if you were to say like, this is my dream day for, and this doesn't even have to be like for the next 30 years or like my ultimate life goal is this, that feels really overwhelming. In fact, I, I have a hard time with the question, where do you see yourself in five years? And fun fact, when I was in high school, I applied, I almost said auditioned lols. Can you tell I was a dancer? Um, I, I applied for a job at Chick-fil-A. I did not get it. I don't know why I thought I did great. Probably because I answered this question this way. He said, um, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, probably married. And that was it. Like, I, what do you want me to say? Like, yeah, just chilling it, chilling, serving another Chick-fil-A, doing the Lord's work over here. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And so I have a hard time with like, what is your, 
biggest definition of success. But what's easier for me is like, okay, in this season of my life right now, in this chapter of my life right now, with the capacity I have, with the energy I have, with the responsibilities that I have, what would my dream weekday look like from start to finish? What time am I waking up and why? And what am I eating and why? And who am I spending time with and why? And then do the same thing for the weekend. If you take a weekend or if that's part of your life or whatever. But I think the biggest question is why? Like you almost have to go back into like toddler version of yourself when you're asking why, why, why on literally everything, because that will get to the root of what you really want. Because we can say, oh, I want to get up at 5 a.m. and I want to drink a green juice and then I want to go to hot Pilates and then I want to like listen to a podcast and I want to do all these things. Okay, why? Why do you want to get up at 5 a.m.? Well, I saw this like really cute YouTuber and she gets up at 5 a.m. She has the most perfect morning routine and I feel like I'll just have so much time for myself, blah, blah, blah. Realistically, I hate getting up at 5 a.m. So I'm not doing, that's not my definition of success. My definition of success is waking up at seven. My dream day sometimes like that word definition of success can feel too businessy, can feel too corporate, can feel too cold or distance. So let's just swap it out. Like what's my dream day? My dream day is waking up at seven and having a little bit of time for myself to drink my coffee. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes I watch a new episode of Stranger Things. Sometimes I go on a walk around the neighborhood, but my dream day looks a little different every single day. And like, that's okay too, because I know that if I have the exact same routine every day, I'm going to lose my mind. So I, I would say practically, I would just either sit down, if you're a journaler, sit down and journal out. What does your dream day look like? If you're someone who likes to verbally process, go on a walk with your best friend and say like, hey, like, what's your dream day look like? And then ask them a million questions of why, and then do it back for yourself. Like, this is what I would love to do and why. But I think, again, the biggest part is answering that why for every little element so that we can throw out anything that we are adding in just because we feel the pressure from some outside force that we should be doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah. I love that so much because I think it goes for both ways. Like asking yourself why can help you understand like why you really want to do it, whether it's a genuine, authentic, like true to me thing or figuring out that, okay, it's just because like you said, somebody else is doing it and it looked successful and it looked good to them. So maybe I should try it on. Like that's just such a simple way to think it through. And I think you're right. Like it can be super overwhelming to look five, 10, 20 years in the future and think like, who am I going to be? Cause honestly, who knows? Things change so much. It's hard to know. Like, yeah, you can look ahead and you can plan ahead and there's, there's wisdom in that of course. But like, I love your idea of just breaking it down to a day because I feel like that's so attainable and such a good place to start even discovering what's important to you. Like if someone were to sit down and talk through like, what's my ideal day that says so much about a person. And I feel like that's such a good way to start. And it made me think of this, um, method. I think it's Dean Graziosi who does this, but it's called seven layers deep. Have you heard of that? Yeah. So what is it? Like you ask yourself a question and you get to the root of it by asking yourself why seven different times. So like, why do you want to do that? Oh, because of this. Well, why is that important to you? Or why do you want to do that? And so you keep digging and digging and then you really get to the root of it. And um, so I love that idea that you said, just continue to ask yourself why, because then you'll figure out like really who you truly are and what's important to you, your values and in every area of your life, like you said, not just your business or can be anything, but um, yeah, I could go on and on about that. But something else that came to mind is this idea of confusing purpose and success. 
because I think it's something that I've definitely struggled with, but I've had conversations with other women who feel this pull to like, I want to live purposefully, but really they're chasing success, like whether it's money or recognition or whatever it may be. And I'm curious how you kind of distinguish the two and keep them separate or do they work together? Like, what are your thoughts on that? So the way that I look at it is, is kind of like apples and oranges there to me, I, I see them as completely different things. Success is something in my mind that you are on a journey to work towards. Um, and purpose is what you're carrying with you in your hands as you are working towards that thing. Purpose to me is just doing something with meaning. It's like, oh, I'm putting purpose into what I'm doing today. I'm putting meaning to what I'm doing today. I'm being intentional with how I'm spending my time and my thoughts and my energy rather than just going through the motions, which it's very easy to do on a day-to-day basis. Whereas success is, yeah, like you're, you're literally like traveling towards that thing and working towards that. And maybe you arrive and that's awesome, but also like your definition of success will change in every season that you're in. When you have kids, that looks very different. When those kids now go to school, that looks very different. If you start a business, that looks really different, right? Like it's going to move and groove as you change and grow and all of those things. But yeah, I would definitely say those are very completely different things. <laughs> yeah. I love that analogy. I think that really is a good way to put it because, you know, purpose, like you said, you can have purpose in anything you do and success is different for every single person as well. But like, that's just such a good way to look at it. And I'm definitely going to carry that analogy with me. Let's see. Okay. So someone asked me this on Instagram when I was planning for this episode, and I'm so interested to hear what you think about it. Do you think it's possible to live a life of purpose without ever being successful? I think that's a layered question because I think it depends on, uh, well, short answer, yes, because again, of what I just said, like you can carry purpose and meaning with you everywhere. But again, it also goes back to what's your definition of success? Like, and I don't think that success is a yes or no. Like, I think success includes so many different things. So for example, I'm throwing a conference and there are many buckets that will qualify it to be successful to me. One of those is, of course, that we sell enough tickets. That's like a logistical success bucket. Another one of those is, did everyone feel included and have a good time? Did everyone make friends? Um, was the vibe like high energy and did people like smile throughout the day and laugh? Another is, did I leave feeling fulfilled? So even if I don't hit one of these, let's say I don't hit all of the ticket sales, like, yeah, I'll be disappointed and bummed by that. But then it's very easy for me to go, but I can't write that whole thing off as not successful because look at all of these other measurements that I held up as success. It's almost like in grade school, if you failed math, but you got an A in science and English and music and all these other areas, you're not a failure as a child. You just didn't hit the mark on math. Like that's, it's one category in the whole grade that you were working towards. So I think that's a a lot more of a nuanced question than, than just like, can you like, yes or no, but on short answer. Yes, I think you can. I know. I think about that as well, just because success looks so different for everybody and if you are are focusing on purpose, I mean, I feel like if you are being intentional with your life and you are living purposefully, like there's, I don't know. I feel like success is kind of a byproduct when you are like being intentional, when you've taken the time to define what success looks like for you, when you know your values, when you know your goals and you work towards those things with intention every single day, like even if it's a different way every day, like you were talking about, like 
I feel like it's impossible not to move towards success for you personally, if you are being intentional. Yeah. So I just, I think that's such a cool way to look at it. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about what you do with the fearless chase, because it's so amazing. Um, and you know, this idea of dreams and goals and because success looks different for everybody, you, it, it has a lot to do with figuring out what your goals are and what your purpose is individually as well. So would you speak to that and maybe just some things that you've seen either help or hurt people in that journey of really moving towards their dreams and goals? Yeah. So I think it's important to recognize the difference between dreams and goals. So dreams is like something that you're working towards and goals are the stepping stones to how to get there. They're like the many things that you, um, it's like the, like a challenge in a game to be able to get to the end of the game. The end of the game is the dream that you're working towards. Um, and I feel like a lot of things that hold people back. I can just speak for me personally, things that held me back from working towards my dreams or just feeling like adequate enough to do that in the first place was insecurity. A lot of insecurity around my age. Um, yeah, I would say probably my age was my biggest one, which now at 27, I'm like, you can't be insecure about that anymore. You're like hitting 30 girl. Like, <laughs> but like I started a podcast when I was like 23. And I was interviewing people who were like best-selling authors and like style, like fashion stylists for QVC and like big status people who, in my mind, again, I was like, wow, that's so impressive. They're going to think I'm just this child who's, oh, so cute. You're just so cute trying to do your little podcast, just trying to do your little thing because people have made me feel like I'm the baby of the group or you're, you know, whatever. You're allowed to sit with us, but you don't really belong kind of thing. Um, and so... For me, I let my insecurity of my age hold me back from being very authentic to myself throughout the journey uh, because I wanted to appear older. I wanted to appear more mature. I wanted to appear like I deserved a seat at the table, all to find out that I was just going to create a community where everyone deserves a seat at the table no matter what stage of their journey they're in. Um, and then I would also say, obviously, fear of failure. That's a big one for, I think, everyone. I think everyone struggles in some capacity with fear of failure for me, even like I, you mentioned, um, our brand and, and we've shifted so much since I very first started, I have been several different businesses in the past three years. I was a VA. I was a content strategist. We've had the podcast the whole time. Then I had a business membership. Now we we've done conferences and meetups and now we've got this physical product shop and I've done a million different things. And my insecurity or my fear of failure in the back of my mind was going, people are going to think you're a flake. People are going to think like, here she goes again, just changing it again. But at the end of the day, I can't let that be the thing that holds me back. Like I, that may be a voice in my head, but I can't let that be the reason that I stick to something for the rest of my life. If I don't enjoy it, if I don't feel like that's where I was meant to be. And so my, I try to look at it as a superpower is allowing myself to try different things in the same way that we al allow kids to, we let kids try a million different sports before they figure out that, Oh, volleyball is their thing. Or, Oh, actually we don't even like sports. We want to do theater or we want to actually go get a job. Cause we enjoy having a part-time job as a 16 year old or like whatever that looks like. And for whatever reason, when we turn 18, that's no longer allowed. Like that's no longer seen as noble or, um, something of, of worthiness to do. In fact, it's seen as childish. And I'm like, why do we do that? Like at 
you think at 18, everyone just knows what they want to do for the rest of their life? Like, I know people in their 40s who are like, when I grow up, I want to try this. And I'm like, yeah, you absolutely should keep that mindset forever. But yeah, I would say that the two biggest things, obviously, are going to be insecurity and fear of failure. And I think the thing that has helped me the most has been surrounding myself with people who I trust and love who can be my support system, who I can rely on to cry over FaceTime and say, like, I feel like the biggest loser and have people speak life into me and have people remind me of the gifts that God's given me and the vision and the dreams that he's placed in my heart and, um, and remind me of truth. I think that that's the biggest part of it, but also allowing yourself to be a beginner, allowing yourself to realize that sometimes failure can, as much as it sucks, can be our biggest teacher, which sounds super Pinteresty, but it can also honestly like, look, I, if this tells you anything about who I was as a kid in school, I look at failure as like process of elimination. Like, okay, that one didn't work. Like we didn't study for the test and we don't know the answer. Let's process of elimination this. And I kind of feel that way with failure. Like, okay, we took a step forward. That wasn't the right step. Okay. Let's try going right this time. Okay. So wasn't it. Let's go left this time. I feel like we're getting somewhere. Okay. Let's keep going down that path a little bit until we feel like um, we're at a place that we want to, to really pursue. That's so good. So I have a question that kind of goes along with this. And I've, I've had a couple conversations with people and tried to think through this myself, but so when you're going down a path and, and you're not feeling like it's maybe the right thing, or it's not the success that you were hoping for, how do you determine whether it's time to pivot or time to keep going forward? Like, is it something where you have to stop and, and have that moment where you're redefining what success looks like for you? Or do you just push through and keep going and endure? Like what, what do you think about that? I don't have an answer for you for that, honestly, because I feel like that is something I'm asking myself all the time. <laughs> so, cause honestly, like, I, I don't think there's like one clear cut answer, right? I think it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of meditation. It takes a lot of having conversations with yourself. And I think something that helps me in making that decision is I will listen to a small amount of people who I trust to speak into my life. But then I will also give myself time to, okay, now I'm by myself. I'm the only one who has to live out these life decisions. What do I truly feel like is like, what is my gut telling me? What do I feel like God's leading me to? Like, and you know, and, and move from there. But honestly, also whenever I was in the beginning, because I was so insecure, I asked everyone their opinion. What do you think about the name The Fearless Chase? Should it be this instead? What do you think about this color for the logo? Do you like this logo? Do you think this is going to be cool? Do you think people are going to like this? Do you think they'll resonate with this? What do you think about this podcast title? What do you think about la 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 la? And I never asked myself, what do I think? <laughs> what do I think is cool? Because I was so worried that if I thought something was cool and amazing and I like put it out there, that people would reject it. And as the queen Brene Brown has taught us, rejection from other people, our body responds as a physical pain. And so of course we want to protect ourselves as much as possible. We want to protect ourselves from any sort of rejection. So it's really hard to be really genuine to yourself and to other people because we don't want them to hurt that. We don't want them to say like, or to laugh at our dreams or to laugh at our ideas or to go like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you don't want to stick with this with this good paying job, like you've got it, you've got it pretty set here. Are you sure that's what you want to do? Or just you wait, right? Like for new moms, just you wait until blah, blah, blah. And it's always some bit of 
discouragement. I'm like, bro, chill, like let people just live. Um, but I think ultimately to answer your question, I don't think that there is one standard answer, which is not super practical or helpful other than learning how to trust yourself, learning how to trust God and, and just going for it. Like there is, you are taking a gamble every single time you're taking a gamble either way, right? Like either way, people are going to judge you for your decisions. Either way, you are going to find things to be happy and or frustrated about. So like, you might as well do it for the thing that you are really passionate about. Um, but I do know, like you mentioned, like, how do I know if I just stick it out? And if this is something that I'm just like feeling discouraged about right now, and you know, you'll hear a million motivational speeches. You just have to keep going. You're so close to the end, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, for some things, but some things you're like, I actually don't even love this anymore. Like, and not because it's exhausting and tired, but like my passions have changed or my values have changed or my priorities have changed and that's okay. And for whatever reason, that is like the hardest thing to now be okay with and to like feel confident in that you've changed because everyone around you is like, oh, you've changed. You're not the same anymore. And you're like, yeah. Obviously, we should all be growing and changing. Like, why is that such a bad thing? Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I feel like at the end of the day, it's just what you've been saying, you know, just learning to trust yourself, learning to trust God. Because if you're basing your entire life and all your decisions on what other people are going to say, how they'll respond, whether you'll be accepted or approved of, or, you know, like the opinions of others, it's just, it's never going to be enough because there's always going to be someone who responds in a way that makes you feel like you could have done more or you're not good enough or you need to do things differently. And it's just not worth it to build a whole life based on trying to please others. I think really success and that feeling of fulfillment and living your purpose really comes from sitting down and getting real with yourself. And like you said, the people around you who love you and support you and will be honest with you in the process that, that really helps you become the person that you were designed to be. And when you live from that place, Success is so much more attainable, I feel like. At least that's what the, the experience has been for me. Yeah. Well, and also like the people who have opinions, it's because they're comparing your life to their definition of success. And they're saying, you don't fit my box of what I think a, success, uh, a successful life looks like. And then it's like, you got to remind them like, hey, that's amazing for you. This is what I think is really cool. And this is how I want to spend my time in this one life that I get. And that like, to me, doing this with my time and my energy is what lights me up. This is what I'm passionate about. This is how I'm going to feel really proud at the end of my life, like doing this. Um, but it's really hard to hold on to that when you've got people with strong opinions around you and you're just trying something new. So you're already kind of nervous, but ugh, it's a wild ride, man. <laughs> it, it really, it really is. <laughs> Well, before we wrap up, is there anything that you would want to say to the woman who is just feeling like she's not successful right now, just really struggling with this idea of success and just trying to figure all this out? Yeah, I would say, first of all, you're doing amazing. Take a deep breath, like, and then spend some time with yourself. I would suggest that you make a joy list of all the things that make you smile, that bring you joy, that bring you happiness, that bring you peace and schedule some bit of time. Maybe you only have an hour to yourself. Maybe you only have 30 minutes to yourself. Let's pick as many of those things off that list to go do. So let's say for me, it's going to be something around 
candles and a coffee shop and journaling and maybe hanging out with a friend. I'm going to squeeze as many of those things into a 30 minute window, go get a nice coffee at a coffee shop by myself and sit down or walk around and think about what does my dream day look like? And how many of those things are you already doing? And how many of those things like could we start to try to implement into our day? So if it's that, like, if it's waking up at 7 a.m., okay, could we try waking up at 7 a.m. tomorrow? See how we feel about that. And then when you put things to the test and you actually hate them, let's take that off the dream day list and let's not have any shame around that. Like, it's totally okay. You may have this idea of what your dream day looks like because you watch someone's day in the life vlog on YouTube and they look to be perfect and happy and whatever. But then when you try it on for size, you're like, oh, I actually don't like Pilates. That's actually like the worst or like, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, you have to try it on for size and see how does this feel? Do I like this? Does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? Is this bettering my life in some way that I enjoy doing it? Um, And just, I would look at it as an experiment. Just give yourself the permission and the grace to experiment with your life. It's not so serious. Life is not so serious. Let's just like, (laughs) like remove any unnecessary pressure. There's already a ton of pressure in the world. Like let's, let's not add any more. That's so good, man. All of this has been so good. Thank you so much for being here. I, Oh man, you guys just, well, first of all, just tell us where everybody can connect with you and get more of this goodness. Yay. Yeah. I hang out on Instagram and TikTok at Madison Bailey Anaya. And then we also have our fearless chase Instagram at the fearless chase co. And I would love, love, love to connect with you Come besties for the resties and have all the amazing conversations. Yeah, seriously, guys, it's so fun following Madison, following what she's doing in her own life and with the fearless chase. You guys are going to be seriously, like she said, she's going to be your BFF. So go follow along. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Madison, for being here. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. It's just really incredible to watch. And I am so excited for all that's to come. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.